Welcome to Color Me Shallow. <laughs> On this week's episode, the boys discuss this film, which I don't know what it is. It sounds really good. We're discussing when we talk like this. We're discussing a lizard in a woman's skin. Oh yes, the classic: a lizard in a woman's skin. A lizard in a woman's skin. <laughs> Uh, Lucio Fucci's 1971 masterpiece. How long do we keep this up? We're going to keep this up for a long time. I'm going to do this in Italian. Please. Una Lucitola. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Una Lucitola con la pelle di donna. I should add that... <laughs> This is the Jallo cast, where we look at Italian cinema from the 60s and 70s, featuring groovy soundtracks, brutal killings, black gloves, sensual, sensual. scenery, sensual. eroticism, psychoanalysis, psychoanalysis. Lots. Sex maniacs. Sex maniacs. <laughs> That's the one that broke Mikey with sex maniacs. Um, I'm Mikey Yunus. I'm Cameron Kesri. We discovered that if we get closer to the mics and speak softly, it adds a sort of warm quality. Sooner or later, we will have to drop this. <laughs> Sooner or later. But until then... I'm going to read the plot. Please. The potentially unhinged daughter of a British politician is accused of killing her hedonistic neighbor after she witnesses the murder in a dream. Oh, yeah. Also, there's like nine taglines to this movie. Nine taglines. And I think we should read each one of them rotating. Rotating? Yes. Ro rotating. Then we can talk normal. <laughs> oh, yes. We'll see about that. <laughs> In the annuals of the normal, there is no more erotic and nightmare than the strange lust of a lizard in a woman's skin. Gotta love those annals. Okay, let's see. What am I reading here? Where? Ah, yes. Taglines. <clears throat> Biting, gnawing terror, claws... At your brain. That was good. <laughs> that was good. You've oh. got this next one, Armin. I've got them right here. Oh, you've got them here. A warning. Oh. Not recommended viewing for persons with schizophrenic tendencies. Hmm. I wonder why. <laughs> A mind-snapping suspense thriller starring the beautiful Florinda Bulkin. Beautiful indeed. Well, they just uh, added the letter N into Florida there, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm doing two because I already basically did this one. Terror claws at your brain. That was part of the last one. I, <laughs> I don't even think you can count that as a separate tagline. This one is a query. Can terror kill? <laughs> This one is perhaps my favorite. It just says, Terror. Terror! <laughs> terror indeed. 
<laughs> oh, Italian maestro Lucio Fulci's classic fever dream giallo. And the last one, Mikey. The final tagline. Torn to shreds by Terror Madness. I have a tenth. Terror dash madness. Hyphenated <laughs> phrase, terror madness. There is one more. Let's hear oh. the one more. An erotic nightmare that keeps you on the edge of an abyss of terror. Ooh. Interesting. Erotic nightmare. Abyss. Terror. Things I enjoy. <laughs> Those were the taglines. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break here on Color Me Jalo. <laughs> and we'll be right back with normal voices. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> and we're back. Um, so this movie was released in France as Carol. Or The Venom of Fear. Carol. The Venom of Fear. Or the X-rated title. I don't even, I'm not even going to try it because I found it in Italian first. I had to translate it. The tr- English translation, it's pretty bad. The sluts go to hell. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that, like, I could imagine that being the title for a lot of Jalo films, but not really this one. Not really this one. There no. are no, you know, <clears throat> there are no promiscuous women being killed in this. There's one. There's Yeah. There's one hedonistic neighbor. The Come on hedonistic now. Hedonistic neighbor. But, uh, yeah, I feel like everyone's a hedonist in these movies. Well, yeah, that's true. They're all... Uh, this is also known as Schizoid in the U.S. Okay, all right. Not a great title. I no. I prefer a, a lizard in a woman's skin, even though it makes no sense. Yeah, there's like one reference to a lizard, but you know, whatever. It's a fun there, at one point there's a character wearing a Mickey Mouse shirt. Did you notice that? It's, I did it's for not. like a second. It's it is okay, uh, and it was interesting because uh, my what? first thought is like, how did he have permission to use that? And also there was a um, Donald Duck. And his other Jalo. And Don't Torture a Duckling. Yeah. Huh. Lucio loves his... He's a Disney Disney. guy. He is a Disney guy. I think basically what he was saying, he's like, Walt, get me in the office. I'm putting... I'm trying to put in some effort and make me... Let me me do one of your movies. Yeah, basically, you know, he's he's working towards getting a Marvel movie. He's putting in the work. Yeah, from beyond the grave. Yes. (laughs) Um, We have uh, Morricone. Daniel Marconi, great score. Yeah, great score. Uh, Bruno Nicola is also c- the conductor of this score, too. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, we get a combo. Bruno and, and has done a lot of giallos as well. And true, true. He he waves the little thing and keeps the, the orchestra waves, in time. Waves the, great job, Bruno. What's... Uh, what's uh, the bat- stick. Baton? I'm just gonna no, like no, no, like be stick, like really like, like belittling about it. What is uh oh my god, I can't even remember Conductor? the head, No, the headmaster of uh, Hogwarts. Oh my god. Dumbledore? <laughs> what? Dumbledore. What's his stick wand called? A wand? wand? No, I know, but doesn't his wand have like a special name? Probably. David? <laughs> <laughs> I am Albus Dumbledore. This is my wand, David. <laughs> this is Wanda. <laughs> I wish actually lazy. that that should have been what they do, they did with their wands. Like the wands had to get like first names. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like they all have weird, impossible to pronounce names, but their wands have like this is Gary. Names. Gary, get him. This is my wand, Greg. <laughs> Gregory? 
Uh, that's that I would I would enjoy that those movies uh, or books. Uh, all right, so this movie opens up pretty trippy, man. Oh yeah, very like uh, Lynchian kind of like you know dream sequence shit. Yeah, this uh, this definitely pairs well with all the colors of the dark. Yes, this is a good double feature right here. Sure. Um. Yeah, Carol is in a train, uh, train car, and she's like going down the hall. She's freaking out, and then all of a sudden, the train turns into a hallway filled with naked hippies. Yeah, naked hippies, and it's like they're not like engaging in sexual activity. Really, they're just sort they're of like they're fondling each other. You know, there there's some fondling. Yeah, it's like it stops short of being an orgy. It's yeah. just sort of like they're all like it's almost like they're like dancing like it's like a some kind of ritualistic yeah like a like a ritualistic like naked rave in yeah, a hallway yeah something something on around along those lines and then it, it looked fun it looked like a good time you know um swing and wang like this isn't a nightmare to me that's a good dream you want to be in a dream with a bunch of naked hippies i mean you know why not <laughs> You don't know where those hippies have been. I mean, it's a dream. <laughs> you could lucidly, you know, I'd get into a lucid state. I'd get there. <laughs> you, you ever lucid dream? Yeah. You ever done it? Like that's like I've when done you're it like, like once a, or twice. Like when you're like awake. When you no, it's when you know you're in a dream but you don't mm. wake up. And oh then yeah, you can start, I like, do that manip- all the time. You can start manipulating things. Yeah, yeah. It's tough to do. You'd be great. You'd be a great dream warrior. I I don't know what you're referencing. Oh, that's a Nightmare on Elm Street thing. <laughs> Sweet oh, right. reference, Cam. Yeah, <laughs> oh. good reference, dude. Whatever. The fans will get it. Whatever. Yeah. I'm fucking leaving. That was weak. <laughs> <laughs> Your shit's weak. <laughs> Boo. Boo. <laughs> uh, uh, I will say I did recently have a really terrifying sleep paralysis situation dude. happen to me the other day. My first shadow person... Happened to me. You had a shadow person. Yeah, I've usually never had a shadow person. It's usually I'm just like paralyzed and I just can't yeah, I've move. Had that. But I had it where it was like I was like looking at my window and it like the shadow like glided over me and then landed and it was a like a figure and I was just like fuck and I was just <laughs> dude that shit is crazy it's wild dude because your eyes are closed like you're no I know but you, you, I, I you're could like see you're my looking room. yeah. <laughs> Uh, you just think your eyes are open. It's so it's such a weird, indescribable feeling. Oh, it was I've been the having worst. some weird ones lately, where like it, it it's almost like I'm on the precipice of of just falling asleep, and then my body will like I'll feel like my head get pulled down or like my neck get pulled to the side. Oh, no. It's very strange. Um, or or I will feel like I am just waking up and I'll try to get up, but I can't move or I like relive that situation over and over again. It's weird. It's not like the sleep paralysis I used to have. Like in high school, I used to like actually see like the shadow people thing. It was, oh, it was weird. Like I'd be like damn. laying on my back and they, I would have like shadowy figures above me. It was very strange. It's terrifying, man. Yeah. I haven't watched that doc about it because I'm too scared to watch it. But there's like a documentary about like the nightmare. It's called yeah, the nightmare. And I just I like, I'm too I wanna scared. Watch I want to watch it. It's uh, it's it's. I'm sure it's not as scary it, as I think it, it is. It, I mean, okay, I've seen it twice, and the first time it was a lot scarier than the second time because I watched it like alone. Uh, oh, never, in a, never uh, watched, watched it alone in a big house, 
and I was like really sleepy and like starting to nod off, and I'm, I was like scared that I was nodding off, you know. Um, yeah, that's the but thing. but it's also like it's it's also more about the people mm-hmm, than like the actual experience. Yeah. In the same way that it's like that, the same director did uh, Room Two Three Seven um, about the people who have all the crazy Shining uh, theories, mm-hmm. and it's really just about how kooky those people are. This one it's is like kind of similar. Oh, the the people kooky, or? kind of. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's people who like are like obsessed with their sleep paralysis and like mm. do weird art inspired by it and and it like it it really reaches to connect the dots on how like all the like horror iconography comes from people who had sleep paralysis and it's like all right it didn't really but eh, yeah I don't know about that like it actually would be interesting um, when it comes to Jalo because like one image that the movie k- keeps referencing is like the the fedora hat, like the shadowy figure with the fedora hat. Yeah. And they say like, that's how, you know, Freddy Krueger looks like that. And like, there's all these similarities between what people see. Mm-hmm. And you know, that is kind of the image we deal with in these movies. That's true. Actually speaking. Yeah. Well, let's get back to our dream actually. Cause let's in this get movie... back to our dream, our dream sequence of podcasting. <laughs> oh, we're living it. We're living it. Um, but anyways, back to the, the trippy sequence, like leads us down this weird place of like, we get to this bedroom or this bed, basically it's like a black room. She like fall, she's like falling through the sky, right? At one point. Um, and lands on a bed or something. Yeah. There's like this, running r- from there's someone. just like bed with like red silk covering it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very windy in this bedroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hair's blowing everywhere. It's great, and there's even some reverse uh, stuff happening. Yeah, little little backwards walking. I, I, I like immediately watching like watching this opening sequence. I was just like, okay, uh, it's got me. I like I, I like oh, yeah. it, I like I it when it get, gets weird. Um, and it it got so weird, and then we meet uh, Anita Strindlands. Is it Strindberg? I I don't know. Wizard. Trying to remember Anita Strindberg. Strindberg, yeah. All right. I just wanted to get her name right. Cool. We got uh, it right. She like wanders up and like they she like seduces our our lead character Carol. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they get freaky. Yeah, they get freaky. And then what? The dream ends, and she like is is basically she. You know what? She wakes up and she has like a orgasmic. Yeah, it's like they're they're like um, they're getting it on on this red bed, and then it sort of dissolves to her in her own bed, um, you know, moving her body, yeah. feeling it, feeling it. She's uh, uh, digging. Yes, digging this dream. Yes, it's a fun wet dream. Nice dream. Nice dream. Yeah. yeah. Cheech and Chong's nice dreams, <laughs> which involves a person turning into a lizard. It does. I haven't seen that movie in for. Is that the th- second? Um, Third? man. Okay, wait. It's it goes like up and smoke, totally and then I think, and then I think, still smoking, and then maybe nice dreams, and then it's like Cheech and Chong's next movie. There's so many of them. I 
I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do the order. It goes up and smoke, next movie, nice dreams. Whoa, and then still smoking. No, My dad. No. Then things are tough all over, then still smoking. Yeah, because they did all, they're, they also did movies that they star in, but they're not playing there, like, no, themselves. No, yeah, because they did one where they, like, go travel back in, like, medieval times. There's, yeah, the Corsican, the Corsican brothers. brothers. Yeah. Cheech and Chong. Um, but, uh. Next movie is weird, too. My dad let me watch those as a kid but like when i was a teenager like was a vehemently against me smoking weed but like would let me watch cheech and chong movies with him yeah i mean <laughs> i mean now he's cool with weed i did i don't know what it is it's like a parent thing i guess you just yeah, like try yeah. to keep your kid out of trouble yeah it was it, i will say he used to <laughs> call me up and he's like hey you at the park you smoking doobies <laughs> I'm like, Who's, you're and you're I would doobies? Be, like on the phone i'm like who says doobies anymore <laughs> Smoking doobs. <laughs> you smoking doobs? I'm like, what's wrong with you? My dad's not even that old. I got uh, half a doob in my car, you know? <laughs> uh, anyways. So uh, she goes to a psychoanalyst mm-hmm. to talk Dr. about her Kerr. dreams. Because her dreams are pretty disturbing. And, she has uh, a lot of them quite often. Yeah, that's and it seems like he's just like, you know, you're you're horny, basically. That's why you're having this dream. That, and also, he's like, you're horny, and you don't like your neighbor. Mm-hmm. You're like, it's like you're jealous of the way she lives, or you hate the way she lives. Yes. So you, like, throw that upon yourself, basically. But low-key, you want to fuck her. Yeah, low-key. Yeah. He wants to fuck her. Um and it's it and it and it, it it leads to this you know this we get this sequence at with some split screen, mm-hmm. um, which I don't think we've had any split screen in a Jalo, like actual split screen. Yeah, actual I split screen. I don't know. I didn't notice that. You didn't notice the split screen? No. So uh, Carol is at dinner with her family, and mm-hmm. then at over at Julie's or Anita Steinberg's mm-hmm. uh, character, she is having like this crazy hippie orgy party where like everyone's on drugs, mm-hmm. a lot of naked people, and she is just feeling herself, and oh, she yeah. is like digging it. And we get some split screen of like the boring party at oh, Carol's yeah, where yeah, like everyone's yeah. eating dinner and just like nobody's having a good time. That sounds I think, like I think a Joan, good time for me, the, the daughter of Frank, uh, Carol's husband, I believe this is Frank's daughter from another marriage because I think so too. Yeah. I think she's, uh, Carol's the stepmother, yeah, but, uh, not related. Joan is tapping her feet. She's, she's feeling the music. She's grooving. Um, but yeah, it, we, we find out that like, Carol's father is a prominent lawyer and politician now. Um, mm-hmm. Makes some crack about the music being loud or something that they find funny. I can't remember, but like, hey man, if if my music's too loud, you're too old. <laughs> <laughs> classic T-shirt. Classic T-shirt. Uh, I never. I don't remember that T-shirt. Someone someone gave me that T-shirt. There was just a period of of my life where like. Everybody, everybody in my family just like knew me as like the one who played guitar. So it was always just like guitar related shirts, and I kind of hated that. I really don't like sh- like funny shirts, shirts with texts that people are gonna read. You know, like yeah. I don't want to like meet somebody and then they just look down at my shirt and start reading it. Yeah, but yeah, I got a lot of those shirts. Well, yeah, that happens. I had one that said, this is what cool looks like. <laughs> like or, or anybody would always get me like a, anything that's like, I think I'm always right or whatever, you know? 
I just had a lot of black t-shirts with bands and stuff because I would just go to shows all the time. Band so, shirts are cool. Those yeah. will never go out of style. Yeah, you're wearing a band shirt. I am wearing one right now. Um, I would wear a lot of band shirts. One time, though, Armin, your dad got me the worst Christmas gift ever. Cause, no like, way. Not, not the worst thing ever. Like, he meant well, but, like, he's seen me around, like, when we, we were teenagers. But mm-hmm. one time he got me, like, a large Abercrombie and Finch, like, collared shirt that was pink. Like you said, Abercrombie and Finch. Yeah. <laughs> collared, pink, Abercrombie and Finch. Oh, is it Fitch? Fitch. <laughs> forgot. Um, they still around? You weren't trying to I rock. So. You weren't trying to rock the uh, the pink polo like Cameron. No, I wasn't. That was that was the reason why. My whole life, I've been trying to get out of the shadow of Cameron. <laughs> why do you think I never wear pink? I can I never know. pull off pink like why Cameron. Why do you always sing Hey Ma when we go to karaoke? I don't. That's Alyssa that does Hey Ma because she knows that like by heart. She knows Hey Ma. Is by that why heart. she's dating you? Because your name is so close to Cameron. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And then she also had a crush on Saeed from uh, Lost, so she, I, I guess, likes brown guys. <laughs> I see. Named Cameron. Okay. <laughs> he was a good character. He was a good character on that show. Very good character. I didn't watch that show. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I just started watching it, like, what, last year? I'm really? not anywhere near being finished with it. We've taken a big break from it. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those things that it's it, it would take me so long. You know, it didn't take us too long for the first two seasons, but then we just like hit a, I don't know. It's like network. Once, once length, like, right. Like, it's they, like it was 45 like tw- minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But is it like 22 episodes? Yeah. 45. Yeah. yeah, yeah like that's so long. That I haven't, ride. I haven't done one of those in a while. No, I, I mean, know. Like I'm, I'm so happy with the like, Oh, eight hours. Hell yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah, I've been doing Deadwood recently and that's easier. Nice. Because nice. Deadwood, you can, it's what, 13 episodes, I think yeah, each yeah. season. Because I want to watch that movie. I feel like even mm-hmm. that is... I'm just like, oh, that's so much. That is a lot. Oh, Deadwood's so good, though. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, anyways, where are we? <laughs> it's like Barry. The last season was seven half hours. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, I mean, perfect. perfect. Just like, you know... Oh, Barry season do two. Do less was and make it better. It was amazing. I agree. I love season two of Barry. Mm-hmm. Or in the case of like Game of Thrones, do more. So don't don't do less and make and make it worse. Yeah, they just rushed those last two seasons, man. Yeah, you know they just they like whatever those two guys that were running it were just like let's get the fuck out of here so we can do a Star Wars movie because mm-hmm. that's what they sound like. Yeah. It was a spot on impersonation. Yeah, good, David Benioff mm-hmm. <laughs> and D B Weiss. Yeah, what's Weiss sound like? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I'm D.B. Weiss. Dude, it's like I'm talking to him. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to win the game? I'm D.B. Weiss. I'm best friends with Lady Leona. <laughs> oh, we no. love Chantix. Chantix. Chantix helped me quit smoking. <laughs> now I can play with my dog. Look into my eyes, my blue eyes. Ray Liotta's eyes will hypnotize you into buying chanting. I've always felt that he's just like the creepiest looking guy. He really is. He's just terrifying looking. Now I can learn my lines without coughing. 
Thanks to Chantix. There's that scene in Goodfellas where they're all like sitting around and like they're they're laughing at all the shit that Pesci is saying, mm-hmm. and like Ray Liotta's eyes get all big and he's laughing. I'm just like, dude, oh, yeah. you are the fucking devil, Ray Liotta. And he's like scarier now that he's older. Yeah, I know because like... his face gets wider, but like his eyes have gotten like brighter blue for some reason, just because he's paler and his hair is white. So it's just like. All you can see is these piercing blue eyes that yeah. are stabbing your heart. He just Ray seems Liotta. like he has like kind of like a scarred face. Too. He is a fucking. Wa- he is an actual White Walker. That is what he looks like. <laughs> it has been decided Ray Liotta is a real life White Walker, and Chantix <laughs> Chantix helped him quit being a White Walker. <laughs> oh man. Uh, we got the Catholic Church against us, and now Ray Liotta's gonna come after us. There is a likelier chance that Ray Liotta's gonna kill us, though. There's a higher chance. Like to probably he's Catholic too. What if he's a weekly listener? And he's just like, "What the fuck? You're not here supporting these guys." Uh, oh, no. uh, yes, today's episode is brought to you by Chantix. <laughs> Quit smoking, you assholes. <laughs> It's killing your lungs. Boom. That's all you need to tell people. You're yeah. an asshole. Stop smoking. You're I, killing I, yeah, me. That's worked so far. I'm pretty sure nobody <laughs> smokes yourself. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, we've got, you know, a fun hippie mobile outside the house when daddy leaves. Love love a hippie mobile. Love a daddy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> love a good daddy. <laughs> Zaddy. Um... Yeah, you know, it's a funky car. I like we see it a couple times. I love it. I love the color. I love the paint job. Yeah, it's very uh um it's like it's like the paint job is almost like it's not it's not like flames, but it's like this it's orangey like weird pattern. Like pattern. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely like something like uh it reminds me of the uh like one of those cars in Vice City, like that the Cubans drive. What? No. Because the, they had the orange uh Orange flame oh. paint job. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not the not the actual style of the car. No, no, no. Okay. Um. So after this, you know, what? Well, Carol has another dream. Oh yeah. This is more the, dreams. This is the big dream. The big dream. So this time, instead of getting the train car with regular people on it. She's in the train car and there's naked hippies in the train. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Oh God. And then she, again, she falls through the train into another world is chased by a swan or a goose. Dude, a giant goose swan the, thing. That was crazy. Yeah. I, Cause it was like a puppet. Yeah. It was a terrifying puppet. It was like the yes. angriest puppet I've ever seen. It was just a f- scary like swan. <laughs> Or it, might, it, it was either like a swan or a duck. It was white and had like kind of a long neck. Let's yeah, let's just say an evil swan, like the Aflac duck. It was, it was Gilbert Gottfried <laughs> chasing her. Carol Aflac. Oh, that's oh, Chantix. You're still, on, you're still on Chantix. What if they got Gilbert Gottfried to do the next Chantix campaign? Chantix. I was smoking every day. And then I had Chantix. I can't even. Like, it's too difficult and painful to it's try to do It's too loud. It really got to squint your eyes. Yeah, you have to do the face. You can't like just do the voice. You know what really helped me? Chantix. <laughs> oh, anyways... 
uh, yeah, we the, the 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 swan leads her into the arms of Julie, I believe, kind of. Well, we get this slow mo shot of like a topless Julie and just mm-hmm. like trying mm-hmm. to seduce. It's uh, uh yeah. Carol it's like it's like a mirror of what happened in the first sequence, except this one is a little more violent. Yeah, because Carol ain't having it. She is like pissed. Ah. She throws off her fur coat, mm-hmm. and in the nude, she just stab, stab, stab. Stabity stab. Mm-hmm. She takes out her paper knife and st- stabs those boobs. Some boob stabbing. Which we get this weird kind of like we hear the what is it? It's like the blood coming out, but it's like like the, foamy. There's like foamy blood noise. It's like a gurgling kind. Yeah, of. it's a gurgling blood. Yeah, it's like a really gross like guts sound effect. Mm-hmm. And it's uh well actually even before that actually before she kills it we get we get this sequence of. Her uh, family kind of like decomposed too. That's right. Yeah, they're like sitting up in chairs with like decomposed mm-hmm. faces. Yeah, man, I, I, they, it just packs on the nightmare imagery. Actually, I want to. I I actually want to say that like before this happened too, I forgot to mention that Frank and her dad, Edmund, uh, Carol's dad, Edmund, have a mm-hmm. whole interaction before this sequence happens where. Edmund uh, confronts Frank with a, uh, you uh, being faithful with my my daughter, <laughs> and uh, because he gets a strange phone call mm-hmm. is all, and mm-hmm. this is what sets things into motion. I for- totally forgot about that because yeah. like that phone call is what really sets this whole thing into what we, you know, she wakes up from the dream, and the next thing we know, we got cops. Mm-hmm. And, and one then of the you're co- like, was it a dream? Was it a dream? Because somebody's dead. And the cops are not happy because it's Saturday, and Inspector Corvin thinks there should be a law against finding bodies on Saturday. <laughs> That's Ooh. so, so ridiculous and great. <laughs> there should be a law against finding bodies on a Saturday. <laughs> bodies found on Saturdays. Which is funny, too, because his, his buddy or his uh, partner is like, cleaning or what what is that spray that like mouth spray banaca i have no idea what is banaca it was like a brand of that uh breath Breath freshener spray i like it but i just always think of like dumb and dumber how he just like Uh, always goes to the side of his mouth i always only ever knew that as from the movies like i never bought a breath spray i i have i've I've bought it before i really nice i don't like the way it feels to like getting shot in the back of your throat by yeah, mist yeah. it's not it's not good kind of looks dumb anyways i, I feel know. like it's always used to be like i just stupid it, it, yeah it was it's always like used <laughs> as like a joke you know like uh, i think in this too it's used as a joke it's like you're you're like the girl turns around and then the guy sprays in his mouth getting ready for mm-hmm. the big kiss but yeah, uh, the cops. We don't even really see the crime scene. They like get to the crime scene. We don't see that. We we don't see the body because the next thing you know, we're at the crime scene. Cop starts whistling. Uh, Corvin starts whistling. This guy whistles the whole time throughout the movie. It's and so he's, weird. He's not a good whistler. I mean, he's clearly not really whistling. whistling it no. took me forever. Like when I wrote down my note, I said, "Guy whistling at crime scene." question mark like <laughs> yeah. he's like sort of puckering his lips yeah he's and like there's a whistling sound the happening half-assed job like the director was like whistle and the guy's like i don't want to whistle he's like whistle he he's probably like, doesn't know how <laughs> he doesn't uh, dubbed it you know with somebody who can exactly that's what it sounded like 
Um, and the thing is, is like the dubbing in this is pretty good. Um, it matches up for most characters. Yeah, yeah. Corvin definitely bad. the actor who plays Corvin, I believe, is uh, dubbing himself or dubbing himself, mm-hmm. or he was he he definitely matches up with him him uh, with all the lines. But uh, yeah, the cops start questioning the neighbors, and of course, we they question Carol and her family, and uh, we start getting into a f- phrasing of words. <laughs> That uh, don't make sense. So what is what is the? Did you write them down? Like banana no. skin? Oh yeah, no. Just there's people say <clears throat> things in this. Uh, like he says, is windscreen wiper. Yeah, windscreen wiper. He was talking about like Which yeah, he weird. was like in the ta- like in a countryside and his windscreen wipers and, were broken, yeah. so he had to pull over. And then there's some like analogy uh, that they make about. Slipping on a banana skin. Yeah, because Jones like, oh, when you you know, there's a bunch of cro- cops crawling over the place. Like, of course it's a murder. Like, nobody's going to, all these cops aren't going to be here for somebody who mm-hmm. slipped on a banana skin. I don't want to think of bananas as having skin. They don't. Because if you think about it, if you think about it, then you think about, you know, them screaming when you take their skin off, you know. Damn. A woman in a banana skin. Banana, banana, <laughs> banana case. Banana case. I took the casing off the banana. <laughs> it's peel, people. Just take off the banana. The banana peel. enclosure. Uh, and then we find out that uh, the murder weapon was a paper knife. Paper knife. Letter opener. Used people. to cut paper. Used to stab a paper. <laughs> Used to stab this hippie. That's so crazy, a paper knife, because, like, what other use would you have besides opening a letter? I don't know. Yeah, it's a letter opener. Yeah, it's a letter opener. Even if it was, like, a letter knife, I'd get behind that. <clears throat> paper knife. Paper knife. It sounds like a knife made of paper. Yes. <laughs> Useless. You don't cut paper with a knife. You Especially... cut it with scissors. Yes. Yeah. Scissors. Paper scissors. Just scissors. Don't say paper. <laughs> Don't say paper before scissors. What's uh, wrong grab with you? me my paper shears. <laughs> <laughs> now I, I can get behind paper shears. That works. Mm-hmm. That works for me. Um, <laughs> um, anyways, we, we finally get to like see this crime scene and we see dead Julie um, wearing boots and uh, bloodied. Every time the, the, the camera flashes, though, the actress's eyes flicker. She's trying her damnedest not to to blink. Yeah, it's like they couldn't find a piece of that performance where she doesn't blink. Also, why did they use the take where the camera like flat? Like, why did they need that take? Like, can't they just use a take of like the camera not flashing and like yeah. ruining her performance? True, true. But you know, they're they're on like an old moviola machine and <laughs> putting true. this movie together. It's true. I just like I I think about it. I'm just like it's pretty funny because like I feel like afterwards like the take she was just like God damn it, Lucio, <laughs> my eyes. Yeah, you I mean, looking. Y- into can you the- imagine being being the actor like sitting it and watching it like at the premiere on the big screen i'm like what the hell why did you use the part where i blink i'm dead yeah, exactly i'm sure she now was i look terrible you asshole it's uh, a betrayal of of trust that actors have in the filmmakers mm-hmm. and so after this happens we we just start getting weird suspicious things about like 
you know, because like Carol's just acting weird about because she had the dream, you know, so she's just been acting weird. She has these little manic episodes where she like runs around the house looking for her fro coat. Um, fro, we don't her fro coat. Her fro coat. Um. It's an afro coat. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a great idea. I think people would wear that. It's not like a fur. It's like a poofy afro coat. <laughs> I feel like that would end poorly. Oh god, an afro coat. Sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, we have but, so many ideas on Afro this podcast. <laughs> it's poofy. <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Fro Coats <laughs> and Chantix. You need Fear. to have you need to have an Afro pick on you to pick out your coat <laughs> to make sure it maintains its shape. <laughs> you can't lean on things, otherwise it's going to flatten the side of it. <laughs> oh no. How is the apricot made, though? That's the problem. It's made with... Um, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah. Donated hair. Donated afro. <laughs> donated afro. Are there any animals that have natural afros? Not really. I guess sheep, but, you know. Yeah, sheep. <laughs> Can you pick them out to look, like, really afro-ish? Sure. Probably. Um, there's some fuzzy cows out there. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Cows I just imagined fur. a cow with an afro on its head. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, oh, man. That's a cool cow. His name's Frank. <laughs> afro and sunglasses. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, and uh, because of all these weird things she's doing, her family and her, like, her family just is, like, weirded out by her. By the way, speaking of her family, why is Deborah at her house all the time? Deborah seems to be like the assistant to one of them or something or a family friend, but she's always at their house. She's always having dinner with them. Beats me, man. I mean, it, it took me forever to figure out Joan was like Frank's daughter because of it. at one point she finally like I think halfway through the movie she says daddy to him and like I'm like, "Oh, that finally it makes sense." Yeah. Yeah. I just thought these two women were just randomly living with this yeah, married couple. Yeah, I was couple. like, what kind of daddy, though? You know? He's a zaddy. Didn't totally uh, make it clear. I mean, I'm just going to jump to the point. Deborah is Frank's mistress. Yeah. Um, she all, I guess she also drives the hippie mobile, because that's know. always outside the cottage he goes to to like meet up with her. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like shown like later on, but like, let's just get to it, because let's. Like, because basically, right right away, you're just like, it's Deborah and Frank. They're just trying to get rid of his wife. Mm-hmm. That's um, the plan. Because they want to be together. You know, that's what you, you know, they lead you to believe, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't yes. know. They I don't mean, say typical, that outright. That's a typical setup. Typical setup, you know. You, you just want to get rid of that. You know, this the mangy wife. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's mangy, but, you know. You got to get that insurance money. Yeah, but do they? Yeah, sure. I mean, they never reference anything. Like they that. never reference. But, you anything. know, that's that's usually what how it goes. Yeah, how many instances of that has yeah. there been? A lot across these movies. What episode is this? You guys watch like thirty of these so far? 40, more? Forty-two. Forty-two, Good baby. Now. Getting that. We're getting to the fifties. Getting to that five-zero, baby. And then we got to do something big, crazy. For episode fifty. Episode fifty's got to be enormous. Yeah, we or have, like, it's just going to be like a really random movie. It's going to be like Home Alone. Yeah, it's going to be like something like totally out of left field. Um, yeah, totally Home Alone. Mm-hmm. That's totally mm-hmm. a Jalo. 
Or if we did like the poor, poor Joe Pesci and what's his face, uh, what Daniel Stern, Daniel, Daniel Stern. Stern, baby, yeah, poor, poor man, Daniel Stern. We should watch Rookie of the Year, star of Bushwhacked, Daniel Stern, <laughs> yeah, director of Rookie of the Year, the only film he directed. Didn't know yeah. that. Rookie of the Year is pretty great. It's a great movie and it holds up. Always loved him in Celtic Pride, dude. Well. Celtic Pride, baby. Celtic Pride didn't age as well for me though. Really? I, I mean, it's it not long. a good movie. <laughs> no, it's just like I, as a kid, I used to think it was funny because like. I, as a kid, you know, Dan Aykroyd could do no wrong for me. Yeah, yeah it's written by Judd Apatow. And, I it's written by Doug- and he didn't doesn't know anything about basketball, <laughs> and he admits <laughs> it. And, and it like, shows. yeah, and and Dan Aykroyd also not a basketball fan. Like, it wasn't made by think, people who care about. I think basketball. Stern was the only one that knew sports. Mm-hmm. Clearly, obviously, because you know he'd done Rookie of the Year before that. But uh, yeah, Celtic Pride is just like weird because like it's. Damon Wayne's just doing being an asshole throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. It's just not as funny as it used to be, I thought. Yeah. Um I barely remember it. I don't know. They just kidnap him. I mean, to be fair, I always thought jazz I always thought Bushwhacked was really funny and then we we rewatched Bushwhacked last year at some point and it did I'd, not hold up. Yeah, some things no, there, you just shouldn't rewatch. Yeah. No, yeah. There's things you stay away from. Things are better when you're a kid. Yeah, sometimes things are funny because you're 13 mm-hmm. or a nine, mm-hmm. whatever. You can pick up on the cues where you you know a movie tells you what's you're supposed to laugh at. Yeah, I'm not gonna go back and watch Billy Madison and and laugh at that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I haven't watched Billy those Madison hold forever. I, like Happy Gilmore holds up for me. Yeah, but that's like one of those like you like I watched it so many times when I was a kid that it's like so instilled in my mind that it's not like i could change my opinion on right that movie. so so it's like are you laughing because it's funny or are you laughing because of nostalgia yeah you know? i mean yeah i mean i think it's a combination I of the two well, I, think, I, think, rules. I think carl weathers is pretty amazing in happy gilmore yeah, yeah. Carl Weathers. also what that gopher is like grizzly adams did have a beard <laughs> <laughs> like i love that guy because Dude, he like, fucking... constantly doesn't have any lines because he just looks up and shakes his head christopher he mcdonald shooter mcgavin that's like one of the best villains ever yeah, shooter mcgavin really... yeah i eat pieces of shit for you for breakfast <laughs> that line is just so perfect <laughs> you eat pieces of shit for breakfast <laughs> no <laughs> you can classic. trouble me for a warm glass of a shut the hell up <laughs> happy gilmore is just a perfect movie yeah it's great and then like you know you suck you jackass (laughs) you know like i love i love happy gilmore and then billy madison's got that great scene you know great chris farley moments yeah you know i like i like norm mcdonald as like the friend yeah i like that part where they're like hanging by the pool is like oh hey billy where's billy (laughs) (laughs) he's in school Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh Norm. Uh <laughs> you guys see Dirty Work though? Oh, love, oh yeah, love, love Dirty, Dirty Work. Holds up. <laughs> Dirty Work's great. Is that the one where he's directed like... by Bob Saget? Again, really? Didn't direct movies after that. That's the one that features the scene where like he like tries to put in Saturday night. Is all right for dude, fighting, dude, and it just dude, turns dude. on. No, it was it, he. He wanted to put on Rolling Stone Street Fighting Man. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, Chris Farley. I dude, I quote that every time I'm at a vending machine, and you have to type in like a letter that a number. I'm always like G seven. <laughs> you just hit G eight. If you like pina colada. Is that the that's the one where Farley plays the guy that got his nose <laughs> his nose bit, bit off. off by a Saigon whore. Saigon whore that bit my nose off. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, that movie's great too. Oh, fuck, man. That's our 50th episode. Dirty work. <laughs> Dirty, Dirty work. work. Don Rickles. Is in oh yeah, it, Don dude. Rickles. Oh, I love Don. Oh, rest in peace, Don. Uh, so. <laughs> This is so disjointed. <laughs> is yes, so disjointed. a lizard in a woman's skin. Uh, brought so... to you by Chantix. <laughs> I hope Chantix actually starts get, shoot, giving us money, dude. What if they just got like a box of Chantix just delivered? I'm like, you know, uh... my roommate Dustin could use it. He's a smoker. Mm-hmm. I always yell at him. Actually, recently the other day, I started yelling. I was like, "You need Chantix," <laughs> and he did not like my joke. He like looked at me. He was just like not having it. <laughs> That motherfucker was like, oh, I'm going to stop smoking cigarettes, so now I just smoke fucking black and mild. So I'm like, are you inhaling those? Yeah. Like, that's way worse for you than cigarettes. Man doesn't know how to smoke cigars. He thinks it's like smoking cigarettes. Yeah, no. Uh, anyways. <laughs> um, oh, wow. Where are we? We are at... Um, oh, so during her murder sequence... Uh, her murder dream sequence. She uh, witnesses some hippies watching her. Mm-hmm. I've forgotten to mention that. A couple hippies. She starts watching. seeing them around. Yeah. Um. Actually, at one point, she finds them and like they go to like a abandoned theater, and Carol confronts them and be like, "Do you recognize this woman?" And they're like, nah. you know. So like, whatever. Everything's good for now. Um. But you know, it's it's it starts to look more and more like it's her fault. That mm-hmm. she did the killing because her, you know, she did it in like an unconscious state, and mm-hmm. then it's like, are the, the, is the defense going to be schizophrenia? Well, yeah, that's Which what happens. She gets she gets arrested. Totally makes sense. Um, because they find her fingerprint on the the knife because they use sure yeah the uh, cops actually in this movie are decently smart. No, yeah, they're doing the uh the they do fingerprint analysis or whatever. There's a there's a there's the guy who does like the footprints and the fingerprints and he's like wearing a lab coat and Oh, uh, that guy's a weirdo. Yeah. He like gets really giddy all He's so into prints. He's really into saying marijuana too though. He's like marijuana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like uh, but yeah, he finds out like the footprints by the bed. There were no footprints. Everywhere mm-hmm. else is like wet footprints because it had rained the night of the murder, mm-hmm. but it was dry where the murder happened. So somebody was in the apartment building already when they came in and murdered Julie. Mm-hmm. So that narrows it down, and then they get the fingerprints, and then they're like, "We're gonna arrest Carol." They arrest Carol. She goes to prison for like a second. Her daddy gets her out on a big, large, large uh, bail. And then she ends up in a clinic, like a real nice ritzy clinic. And she is just lounging and doing her thing. And then she starts having these freakouts. Or she has one freakout where she sees the hippie, the red-haired hippie man. Mm-hmm. He chases her through the through the clinic. Oh, yeah. We get some... Is it, this gets crazy. I mean, the locations that they go through in this chase are pretty wild. Yeah, she goes up the spiral staircase, and she goes into this uh, this you know surgical area. Mm-hmm. Sees somebody holding up like a surgical <laughs> scissors or as you, as you know, uh, shears, shears, um, uh, flesh shears, flesh shears. <laughs> um, I like that. And when she's trying to leave that room, she wanders into another room. And it's the it's most a really uh, 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 crazy, upsetting uh, image very that upsetting. doesn't seem to have to do with anything. 
No, it's just there to shock. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So hanging up are like four or five dogs cut open and alive. They are totally alive, and they've got like tubes coming out of them, and it's like their their open hearts are beating and like pumping blood, and they're making noises. It's like they're being drained of blood. Actually, the puppets here, like the puppets, were so realistic that actually the Italian court tried to put uh, Fulci in jail. (laughs) They tried to jail him because of animal cruelty, and so like the prop master had to come in and be like, like, "These are dolls. (laughs) These are dummies." Like I, I feel like that has happened a lot in history, but like. Yeah, they're really cool looking, but they don't fucking look real. Come on. No, they don't look real at all. I mean, they, they, like, it's really good special effects. If you opened up a dog like that, it wouldn't be alive and barking. No, of course not. But like, <laughs> like, like they're proposing that they actually did this. Mm-hmm. But this is probably also around the same time like Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah, well, Cannibal Holocaust. Like, Was that Fulci as well? Uh, no. Uh, who did Cannibal Holocaust? I mean, maybe, hit up that maybe, Cannibal Holocaust. I think it is Fulci. I think Fulci did that at Cannibal. I mean, Cannibal Holocaust uh, is repugnant yeah. and did have animal cruelty in it. So it would be understandable that... Uh, Ruggero yeah. Deodato. There you go. Oh, okay, cool. Um, Different guy. I think Fulci did do a, a cannibal film, though. Uh, he did it zombie. There you go. I don't um, know if that's... I mean, that's more of a zombie movie, but I... I might. <laughs> <laughs> It's not really a cannibal movie. <laughs> Zombies are cannibals. I, I, yeah, that's true. But like, I think what like with Cannibal Holocaust, no, is like no, the, yeah, like, like they're the, not undead. The, like, he didn't do like a, a Green Inferno movie or anything. Yeah, I don't know if he ever did. There, there were so many knockoffs of that I though. Know. After after Cannibal Holocaust, that because there was like Cannibal Cannibal Holocaust uh, um, was one of them. Cannibal Bar Mitzvah. Uh, <laughs> was it a porno? There was a porno one. It was called Porno Massacre or something. Cannibal like. Porno. Can- <laughs> Cannibal Porno. Joe D'Amato did the porno one. Joe D'Amato did the porno one. It was like, because it, it, Mondo was releasing the soundtrack. Because I get the Mondo uh, news feed mm-hmm. for posters and stuff. But sometimes they have music. And they're like, Porno Holocaust, just like the name of the movie, I think, is what it is. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Dude, Cannibal Holocaust has a really good score. I'm sure. Cannibal Easter. Cannibal Easter. <laughs> Cannibal Christmas. Do them all, man. Cannibal Leap Erickson Day. <laughs> Cannibal Erickson Leap Day. day. <laughs> Leap Day. <laughs> Leap Day William. Leap Day William is a cannibal. There's no way that guy has sharp teeth and is not a cannibal. Uh, Cannibal Black History Month. (laughs) Cannibal. (laughs) God damn it. Oh, no. Cannibal Black History Month. Uh, Jesus Christ. Um... Jesus. Okay, let's move on from this. I know. Cannibal National Donut Day. <laughs> I don't think I can't even. Oh man. <sighs> All right. Uh-huh. So we've got opened up dogs. Opened up dogs, uh, and then she wakes up like from passing out from seeing that shit, and like she passes up, out as the same person would, <laughs> as the same person would. Uh, <laughs> wakes up, and the, the doctor is like such a like 
dick to her like he's really creepy he's like oh you've been passed out for nine hours or some shit like that he's just like you've hovering over out. you've been out for hours Why what were you doing wake her up i, I mean don't when know. somebody like faints it's not like you have to like let him sleep it off you can just like shake him awake you don't know. Like, she hey, might have fainted up? and got a concussion you know who knows yeah well, wait. When someone has a concussion, you don't let them sleep. No, I know. That's, That's why you wake her up. Do. That's why I'm oh, saying okay. you should wake her up. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. agreeing. You should wake her up. Uh, uh, so we get like this twisty, turny kind of stuff that happens. And mm-hmm. like it kind of leads down this crazy. Uh... So basically, what happens is we start to realize maybe these hippies that she'd seen, maybe they're the killers. Mm hmm. Because they are, they're, you know, they start to Wait, show. Who is that dude who confessed early in the movie? Oh, that one, that was some great, crazy hippie guy. Yeah, that was weird. I forgot about that. So basically, the chief, the chief inspector, who's uh, Corvin's boss, is like, does not like Corvin, it seems like, and does not like Corvin's theory that it was a woman that killed Julie. So, like, oh, yeah. he finds out a man. This is like early on in the, in the investigation, and they're like, oh. He's like, turns out it was a man. Come with me, Corvin. And like, they interrogate the guy, and it turns out the dude's just insane. He's insane, but he also has like a test tube full of guts. Yeah, he does. It's a and large. And he just like test hands tube. it over. He's just like, oh, I have this. I have her guts. Here, take her guts. guts. And then they take it, and the guy just like toss. It. He literally tosses it across the room to another guy. And it's like, get that checked out. <laughs> yeah, and then a guy gets demoted because they got the wrong guy. He's like, you'll be. Doing the archives now. Just whatever came of those guts. And take how did these he get to the, them? Well, take I think, these I to think the forensics. Guts yeah. I take them to the gut lab. I don't remember what forensics ever said because they, they were like, it's not a match to Julie, but I can't remember if they said it was like an animal's guts. Yeah, or these are just, just different guts. <laughs> Unre- uh, unrelated guts. These are just pig guts, you know, Wolverine guts. <laughs> where, did the, where did this Irishman get Wolverine? I don't know. <laughs> this is just lasagna, you know. <laughs> it's just lasagna. <laughs> He just went to his it's local pretty butcher good, shop. Chief. <laughs> you want some? Sounds great. Throw it on the barbecue. <laughs> I don't think you throw lasagna on the barbecue. <laughs> In Italy, you do. Okay. <laughs> Never had a traditional lasagna. <laughs> All right. I'm not talking about this Garfield bullshit. Nah, you fire up the grill, baby. <laughs> You gotta get that. You want it melted. You want that cheese melted. That you, ricotta you, cheese you melted. You bake the lasagna, then you scoop it up and toss it on the grill. Throw them noodles on the grill, baby. And while you do it, really likes to put a little chantix in there. Get that real smoky taste. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh damn! You were idiot. So uh, basically, after she gets out of the hospital, she goes to her father's estate and is horseback riding, like you know, any rich girl would. I know there's so she is so there's so much privilege here. Yeah, like she's like arrested for murder, and then you know she uh, yo you know what you and yet you, she doesn't you, rot in a cell. She's riding a horse like in a beautiful that, scenery. They have that scene actually. We we skip this, but like she's like at, at prison and like she's like talking to him through the the mm-hmm. oh yeah through the, through the, the glass and like the visiting room in the visiting but then like at the at, at the end he just like gets up and like reaches over to her and like takes her hand like <laughs> over the glass and you're like wait why is that glass there if you could just reach over it i know you'd like turn to me and like what why what's like, the purpose what the of hell? this glass That's the point <laughs> um 
Yeah, because like basically he's like, all I need to know is like, did you do it? And she's like, no, I didn't kill him. Kill her. And she's like, okay, that's all I needed. It's- I wish I wish they had like the little phones to talk to each other, even though they could very clearly hear each other. That right. that would have been great. I'm all about it. Would have been a nice touch. Uh, but yeah, while she's horseback riding, the hippie girl, who's very pale, mm-hmm. um, is just like hanging out in her on the estate. You know, you think with, you know, with that kind of money, you'd have like some security, you know, to not let some hippie in, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but the hippie gets in and she's just like, hey, meet me here with 20 quid, 20 quid, 20 quid. That's all she I mean, wants. She only wants 20 quid, 20 quid. Usually these people are like, I need 500,000 or something like that. There's like a lot of money involved, but mm-hmm. all she wants is 20 quid. So she, she just can wants get that. to extort somebody for 20 quid. Well, the one guy just wanted five hits of whatever drug he was taking. <laughs> That's yeah. true. I mean, she these... just wants 20 quid to buy one hit of drugs. Yeah. I think it's just acid. It's acid. Yeah. So They're she goes, to, smokers, she goes to meet you know? her at this abandoned. I don't even know if it's a church or a factory. It looks like a both. I mean, it's just like a huge, enormous space, but it has like a giant uh, organ. pipe organ. So, so it's you a assume church. it's like a church. It's a massive church. A, like a mega church. But there's no pews or anything. It's just like open. It's, well, it's floor. cleared out. Like yeah. they, I'm assuming the pews come out and go and like maybe it would be they a dope turn into a concert venue. Just giant, maybe that's probably giant what they did. floor. It's got great like acoustics and like a lot of like mm-hmm. uh, the ceiling. And I would use uh, that windows. organ too. Yeah, you would. Which, Mikey which is a very talented is, organ player. Doesn't know how to play piano. The knows thing the is, organ. This organ was like like you press a button and then it like plays. It just plays. It's automatic. You know, it's like it's those, a, those those pianos. They that didn't even play show keys or anything. She just like leans on a button and then the organ starts blasting. <laughs> well, this is like after a long chase sequence too. That's pretty. But like, can you imagine like like if if you're in a band and you get booked to play here, I'd be like, we got to get an organ player because we are using this organ. Oh, I agree. It's great. It's epic. It's an epic organ. I love an organ. You know. Yeah. Got to get your hands on an organ. Yeah. Spleen, heart, any of them. You know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the organ gives her away, and so the uh. person in the helmet—it looks like a cyclist, because um, they're wearing a helmet and goggles this entire time, and also tripping a bunch. Mm-hmm. Very clumsy. They're very clumsy. So they keep tripping on stairs, and they chase her into this room. She tripping gets attacked. on stairs, tripping on acid. You know, it's, it's like it's crazy. Get it together. Get it together. If you're going to kill this woman, don't do acid, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but bats attack better. her because there's bats in this room. Oh, that bat attack How scene. How dare you? Yeah, it's a good scene. This, this whole sequence she is pretty good. She gets a couple bats stuck in her hair, you know? Get some, one rips her hair out. Get some, pu- some puppet bat action. And the puppets look pretty good. Unless mm-hmm. when unless when it's like when it's in her hand, it doesn't look as good. But like when they're flying in the air, it looks like mm-hmm. real bats. Oh, yeah. Um, it's like the birds, you know, where it's like... <clears throat> That's like the real bats flying around, and then mm-hmm. like one is just like on her head, and he's holding it and shaking it, making it look mm-hmm. real. He told me recently he 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 was terrified of birds when he was a young young boy. Did you yeah. ever see the birds? Yeah, his mom. I'm saying like when I was a kid, my mom showed that shit to movie. me. And what you are were... you doing, mom? I don't want to go outside <laughs> ever again. They never got a pet bird after that movie. No, we did have some birds. We had love birds. Oh, you did. Mm. I forgot about that. They didn't. They didn't live long, did they? I don't know. They're loud as fuck. <laughs> you silenced them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this sequence is pretty cool because like we get some great cool shots because like you know because there's a tunnel scene before that 
before they go to the organ, then he like chases her through. It's like a weird basement, I guess. I wouldn't say a tunnel, but uh, but yeah, she gets into this room. She's escaping after the bats are like chilled out, and uh, right before she gets up there, he gets her arm. He cuts her arm open, slices her arm pretty good. And uh, she like runs out onto like the roof and a little bit of a chase, a little, little more chasing. Well, she kind of stumbles. She passes out. Yeah. She passes out, and it's a pretty cool rooftop. We fi- find out it's the red-haired hippie man. It is, yes, because she took his uh, his his helmet off mm-hmm. and uh, revealed his face. So he's going up there to do the the last kill stab thingy. Mm-hmm. Like you know, knife in air, knife in ready air to bring it down, and he gets shot at. A little warning shot by an old man with a gun. Yes, random old man who is, I should say, really far away. Very so far like, away. I'm thinking, cause, cause, and he's like, stop or I'll put a bullet in your head or whatever. And I'm thinking, there's no way this guy can make that shot. It's not like he has a rifle with he's a scope or anything. He's definitely ex-military. Still, man. No, you're not making <clears throat> that shot. That's a tough, tough shot. He makes the shot, though, from where he's at like before he could stab her. Like, mean... like, if he... <laughs> well, but he didn't hit anything. It was just like a warning shot. It was a warning and shot. And so, like, he you could have just easily... Shot he could have easily just finished the job and then ran away and taken his chances. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like he wouldn't have gotten hit by any fire. Sure. But the hippies just... All I'm saying away. is if I was doing the murdering, that's what I would do. Yeah. But that's all we ever see. The, the old man, the cops come, and I think they what they catch the... They, they go on a look for the hippie. Well, yeah, now they confirm the existence of the hippie, basically. <clears throat> uh, yeah. And so... I, I love their strategy now of, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> find every red-haired person uh, in London, in London, which is crazy. Yeah. Round up all the redheads. Round up all the redheads and then... Throw them in camps. Like, what are you talking buddy, about? Corvin's partner is just like, good thing we're not in Ireland. And Corvin, even Corvin is just like, not a good joke. Yeah, that's not funny. <laughs> that's not funny. <laughs> You suck. We were trying to <laughs> stop Solve. a murderer, so <laughs> shut your fucking mouth. You take this and, shit a little seriously. Yeah, this is the one they like with the breath spray. So like he basically I if I was Corvin, I would have taken the breath spray and sprayed him in the eye. This is why your <laughs> wife left you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes like these. And we never find out that guy's name either, the partner. He was in uh which, which it was that uh, recent Jala we watched with uh, oh the recent one oh yeah uh, with that George one. with George Hilton uh, and Anita it was the one on the boat what is that called the one on the boat the one on the boat come on we know this I I don't De- think death so. carries a cane oh. no mm-hmm. no not death carries a cane god damn it no it's uh fuck. Yeah, bite. you know oh the, the case, case of the scorpion's tail the case, the case of, the of the scorpion's tail that's what it is. He was in the case of the scorpion's tail. Anyways, <laughs> uh, we meet. We, we we see Joan has gone come to an abandoned warehouse to meet the female hippie, who happens to be painting in a peculiar way. Very cool. She's dipping dipping some knives in paint and uh, throwing daggers, throwing, throwing them at the at the canvas, and yeah. it's very cool. It bleeds down the canvas. Yeah, it's a very cool. Way I was to thinking paint. about because in the in the uh, then you ruin the canvas. Yeah, but you're getting cool paint. But that's the art stuff. It's the art. You call it murder, and then you're like murder. How you? But then you can't like stretch your canvas over a frame because it's got a bunch. Well, it's of already stretched. Holes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I see. 
It's already it's already stretched. Yeah, you know, you yeah. just put the frame around the stretchness. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Okay. She's a hippie on acid, so you know, yeah, she's. <laughs> She's going to sell it for 20 quid so she can get a hit. There was a part in like one of the early dream sequences where there was a, a bloodied knife and it was just so thick and red. Uh, and I guess like in, in, in like the, uh, the old samurai films, they used to actually just use paint. They would dip the, the oh, yeah. swords in paint so it would just be like really bright. Well, the the classic uh, the is... squibs were filled with balloons, it was balloons mm-hmm. of paint. Um, that's hardcore. That is hardcore. Also, sucks to be the production designer on those. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's there's so many different kinds of blood. But I'm sure they're prepared for that too. Yeah, there's. I mean, yeah, there's experts because it's like different materials are going to look different on you know, mm-hmm. like a, a a bloody shirt, like blood for a shirt isn't going to look the same on like a knife. You know, mm-hmm. you need like a different kind of fake blood. Yeah, there's all kinds. Man. I'd love to study fake blood. You yeah, I, I've always wanted to study. I wish that was my. I, I need to study major. more special effects. I should have done more of that. Yeah, but my school didn't offer that anyways either, though. But you know who came into my work? Uh, Greg Nicotero. Who, oh, nice. Who, uh, Walking Dead and like uh, he's a he's about to re re uh, do the Jaws shark. He's about to restore it. Very cool. Which is which is great, and he's gonna do the new Creep Show, mm. TV show for Shutter. Yeah, his uh his his cousin is a comedian oh uh, nice and he uh came to see cool dude rad dude radical man radical um we don't have that much left here no we don't have much left because you know joan is only there to talk with the hippie girl about just trying to like find out who the killer is so she's like can i meet the redhead somewhere i want to figure this out she calls her dad. and She's like, "I figured it out. We're, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a stop to this, so people, because like, now what the problem? Like, we've skipped this too. Actually, uh, Frank is now kind of like set up to be the next suspect. He's like now becoming this prime suspect because you know he's had these affair, and there's pictures of it to prove it. And so now they're thinking that they, you know he's been blackmailed, and so he killed Julie to stop the blackmail. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, Ju- uh, Joan is like, I'm going to try to save you, Dad, and whew, she does not. No, no, she doesn't. Get this beautiful shot of, you know, a body covered by something, and they lift it over, and it's like this gorgeous wide shot, and we lift it up, and her throat has been slit. Her throat is slit. And uh, A grisly scene. Joan is very, very dead, and oh, poor Frank. He's so... He's distraught. He's a very distraught man. And you know what? I'm not gonna lie. He's not the killer. It's no way. Yeah. It's no way he's the killer. Yeah. Um. So they finally catch the hippie. They interrogate him, and they have. I don't know. They portray hippies on acid as like they're having like withdrawals. It, yeah, it <laughs> definitely doesn't make sense because they like basically witness the murder, mm-hmm. uh, and they're like, "Oh, they were on acid, so they didn't even." Reco- yeah, they, they, they didn't even they, recognize anything. Yeah, because they take him to the crime scene. And they're like, "Oh yeah, we were here that night, but like we were on so much acid that like I don't even know. Like things just look like butterflies." Yeah, that's <laughs> like written by somebody who's never done it. You know, yeah. like everything. Like you know, somebody could be standing over there. And it's just a giant, beautiful butterfly, man. You know, dude, if you were on acid and you saw a murder, it would be the scariest thing oh, of all time. God, I would. Uh, I'd probably kill myself. I don't know. (laughs) I can't. I don't even know how I would react to that. 
Because like, well, you'd probably get murdered. Somebody what would just happen? like because you would probably you would probably scream when the murderer killed some somebody, and then they would see you screaming probably, and freaking out, yeah. and then they would just kill you. You'd yeah. be like, oh god. <laughs> but it's like when you're on acid, like if somebody just like says something to you in like the wrong tone, it'll like make you feel it like you shit. You know, yeah. you'd be like, oh, why are you giving me these bad vibes? Yeah, you're killing my vibe, man. Uh, but yeah, it's it's you know it's revealed that like they didn't kill her. They gave her the boots. Mm-hmm. They were like, we gave her the boots as a gift. They're nice boots, you know. But like, they're they not cost the them twenty quid. They did kill Joan though, because they were like, I forget. Like the reason they killed Joan was because like they thought that they, she was implementing them into something else or something. I don't know. They were like scared because the cops were getting close, so they just killed Joan. So they are murderers now. Yeah. But they didn't kill the. They didn't kill Julie. So now they're just. Murderers because they're idiots. Yes. That that sounds about right. Yeah. Hippie murderers. Hippie murderers. Those are the worst kind. Mm-hmm. And At then, least it's not like a cult type deal. No, no. We've seen that a couple times. Basically what this movie's trying to say, they didn't like hippies. <laughs> no. No. Hippies bad. <laughs> hippies bad, acid worse. Uh so you know, this leads to them going back to being like, maybe Carol did kill her. I don't know. The co- Corvin, it, Inspector Corvin is just like, there's something not right about these psychoanalyst tapes because he's had her tapes. And he's just like, there's something, I don't know. And then he like brings the the the, the, the doctor in and he's like, what does he say? He's like, says something about like. Is it possible to lie on a psychoanalyst couch? <laughs> Which is a really interesting question. In that it's a really stupid question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course somebody could lie on a couch. <laughs> like, it's like... like well, Is it possible like... to lie on a psychoanalyst couch? Hmm. I've never encountered that. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying no one's ever lied to you? I don't know. I it, can't tell. No, doesn't he say something like, it all depends on what you mean by lying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what he says. Uh... And, like, so, you know, you're led to believe maybe, I don't know. Maybe she made up the dream. Maybe she made it up. Maybe all this is a lie. Maybe she really is the killer. But, you know, the next thing you know before we even get to that, Edmund shoots himself. Yes, he does. And leaves a note saying that he was the killer. Mm-hmm. Because, and, and so, you know, Carol's at his grave, you know, mourning him, and the Corvin comes up, and there's this giant expo- uh, expository yes, it's, monologue. It's thoroughly explained to us. Why the things happened the way they did. So basically, I'm going to just summarize it. Please. Carol killed Julie because Julie was calling up her dad and being like, hey, Edmund, or whatever his last... Uh, I forget their last name. Anyways, he's just like... I got this dirt. You're a politician. Guess what? Your daughter likes to, you know, we like to get freaky with each other. Your daughter's a lesbian, hedonistic thing. It's going to look bad for a thing. She's trying to be playful, too, I think, when the flashback. Mm-hmm. And she just thinks it's funny because I'm sure Julie's on drugs or something. Probably. So, you know. Carol ain't having it. And we see the actual murder happen. I think this is like the fir- only time we actually ever see anyone get really killed on screen. Everything is always off screen. Yeah. Um, so she stabs in her dream re- in dream. Yeah. In dream we see, but like, this is the time when we see in reality, she like stabs her repeatedly and, uh, she die. She die real bad, you know? <laughs> and, uh, 
basically Carol does not even try to like fight him on it. And like, he just opens up the police car and she just gets in. She's like, fuck, you know, he found it out. And my dad just died for no, no reason. Yeah. He's like explaining it as they walk to the police car yeah. and just like opens the door for her and she gets in. Yeah. And that's how it ends. <laughs> and they, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of an interesting ending because they like drive off and then there's like a, a tour boat, yeah, like a tourist a tr- boat and that's on like the river. Audio. Uh, and it's like, if you look to your left, we have, uh, you know, uh, yeah. explaining the sights. And They're then the credits kind of just roll yeah. over that as as the tour boat goes through. Um, the only... I, I, London. To, 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 I don't know. I like this movie. I am glad I own this movie. Mm. I don't love the end. Like, the exact... like the, the mm. I don't love the whole Corvinic expo- like, ex- you know, explaining yeah, yeah, the whole yeah. thing. But I love the style of this movie. I agree. Uh, Fulci is Except just having the only a thing I don't like is 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 the handheld use in it. Oh, the handheld use the the, um, the dinner scene, especially like in the first half of the movie, I sort of got what he was going for in that like all the stuff that wasn't in dreams was basically handheld. There was a lot of handheld early in the movie, and then the dream stuff was a lot smoother, a lot cleaner. Yeah, so but I was he like, had a lot right. of dolly shots like in reality too. Yeah, spe- well, as the movie went on, a lot mm. more. Yeah. But it, I mean, which made me happy. I like the cinematography in this a lot. There's mm-hmm. like even one shot, like the shot where like Edmund like confronts Frank about like his affair. Like there's this, it's a great shot of like this wide shot of like from the desk point of view, mm-hmm. and you see a picture of Carol, like a pictured like a framed picture of Carol yeah. and Frank just being like, no, that'd be silly, and then it pans over and there's another picture of Carol. So it's like really cool, like kind of like framing like story structure, being like you're totally. lying about your wife, you mm-hmm. know, because also I don't know. I also will say maybe I'm reaching here, but like in both photos, Carol's not with like Frank and all, so it's like they're not very close, you know. They never really seem like a loving couple either. But he does have pictures of her on his desk, you know. Frank's desk? No, that's yeah. Edmund's oh, desk. That's Edmund's desk. Yeah, Frank. I, I don't know if we, we ever see Frank. About. No, we're. I'm talking about Edmund's desk in the in the office early in the like the movie when like mm-hmm, Edmund mm-hmm. confronts him about. Uh, oh yeah, so it's not like there's any couple pictures. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And they kind of drop the whole Deborah and Frank a love affair thing when they like, they you know they threw it away when they were like realized like Frank's not the killer. You know? Nah. I'm sure he has a wonderful life. Sad probably because his daughter's dead. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he, you know, him and De- you know, Deborah end up happy though. Maybe, um, but yeah, you know, I liked it. I think all the colors of the dark when it comes to like trippy acid. Yeah, I feel like this is less trippy. Dream. This is a little uh, less trippy. And it's it's more, got some good trippy sequences. I think. It. Well, I mean, it, I it's guess like, they're dreams. I guess that's they're yeah. All dream it's like their dream sequences. They're not that psychedelic, but they are strange. They like, are strange. I think they, like they are kind of Lynchian. Like I don't really think of Lynch. Uh, that dream sequence style as being like trippy, mm-hmm. but it's like strange and, yeah, and, it's strange. and disturbing and uh, beautiful. I kind of think maybe too, though, what like when she's having these dreams, I feel like she is having these dreams because mm-hmm. I feel like Carol did do acid with yeah, yeah. Julie. So I'm assuming that like she has these, like the, the swan definitely was something that she like visualized in her acid trip yeah she, i don't did she just like make all that shit up you no, know no i don't think so she I think should write movies if those should. are the dreams she comes up with but this is a solid one and it, it, it's it's a really good you know style piece you know and like yeah, i think it's really a fun good time you know it's a good I was, one i was a big fan of this one so i i, I highly recommend this yeah 
real 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 good time i liked it better than don't torture a duckling to be honest i th- I'm, i have to go back and watch don't torture again it's been not super long but like i, it's I, been I like, like what like six episodes ago <laughs> maybe <laughs> i watched it the same amount of time ago as you did no i know i'm just trying to remember like how long ago. i i liked it i like them both i can't really decide yeah on which yeah, one's better yep yeah, yep yeah. but yeah um what else this was fun this was fun um I don't really like how uh, there's like a stigma against dream sequences in horror movies these days. It bothers me that dream sequences are bad. Yeah, I mean, like you'll, I'll, I've definitely like gone to see movies and they have like cool dream sequences, and then I'll like read reviews that are just like leans on dream sequences. Like people like think that's inherently bad, or it, it's uh, like jump scares too. You know, people will say if there are jump scares in dream sequences, it's like less than you know. Yeah, but that's people just like it's like a you know they go to like it's a tired trope kind of id i ideology that but like it's a yeah you know. but it's also not you no know? it's not I, I mean, mean <laughs> if it's done right I I have no problem with it because like I think it's done right in this movie I, I think like, it's done right like, in all like the most of people dark. most people dream it's a big part of life it's a big part of our lives so to like be like oh you know no more dream sequences please you know it's like make it stop yeah i agree have some imagination dude like a like the dreamscape is uh you can do anything you want we should welcome uh people exploring in that space i think it's just people that didn't like the nightmare on elm street movies they're just mad yeah <laughs> it's like i don't even really count that but like did you see like it comes at night no, I've been meaning that's to a, That's a pretty good movie. It's not like an amazing movie or anything. I've heard so but many But that's one things. where people were like, dream sequences, you know, like it's, like it's some kind of cheap crutch or something. And that's it's like, movie, no, though. they're like trying to like uh, cultivate uh, an atmosphere of feeling and using like dreams and uh, and like, you know, bending reality. Like, I think that's always, I mean, not always cool, but like. I like the bending of reality. Yeah, man. I dig it. Yeah, man. I can like, get behind it's, it. It's like it's like you it, people are gonna call you a hack if you have dream sequences, Whatever, or man. jump scares too, man. Like that is more like widespread. People just think jump scares bad, and I don't agree. I think jump scares can work. I think obviously you don't want to fill your movie with jump scares, but like I they think... the 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 pro I think the problem is is that they undeniably work, mm-hmm. and so when people abuse them. They feel like it's like it's not really creative or imaginative if you mm-hmm. abuse them, but you're going to be scared a bunch. Yeah, I mean it worked in Hill House, Haunting of Hill House. Sure, There's great, great jump scares in that that are very effective. I think of jump scares like fart jokes in comedies. They're undeniably funny. <laughs> What's and your favorite? You, f- you have a favorite fart joke? Do I? Have, you put me on the spot to come up with a favorite fart joke. <laughs> um, I I don't Step know. Brothers. Step Brothers got good fart jokes. Jeff Portnoy, <laughs> starring. That's Jeff good. Portnoy. That's good. Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. Yeah, fatties. Fatties fart fatties too. too. Yeah, that's a great jump or fart joke. Um, of course, <laughs> jump and, scared. And, and, jump fart. <laughs> what does he say? Nutty Professor has. In, uh, so, <laughs> in some cultures, it's considered a compliment. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Uh, so basically, what uh, I have to do is make a movie that has a uh, a jump scare that is a fart. <laughs> I think we could write that into it's silent well, what, and then a huge fart. What happens is so, there's a jump scare that happens and it scares somebody and they f- fart. This is gonna be the this is gonna be the big moment in Cannibal Black History Month. Yes, <laughs> this is the jump scare fart. The jump fart. 
I filmed a uh, for uh, film school. <laughs> Speaking of farts, it was like a horror scene. We were just like doing it in cinematography, so we were like lighting a scene, and like it was not real. So we were doing like on the spur of a moment. So we had a murder scene happening, and and like my friend was like doing the scene, and he like jumps out. The killer jumps out and tries to kill him, and he's like on the ground. He's like, oh no, and he farted. <laughs> it's nice. just like like the loudest fart, like. <laughs> nice <laughs> like right during the take it was the greatest thing should we just like do some farts into the microphones yeah let's do some farts in the microphone i don't want to <laughs> oh, okay cannibal gay pride parade there you go <laughs> um we got cannibal uh sausage day cannibal father's day <laughs> Cannibal Mother's Day. <laughs> Cannibal NBA Finals Game 4. <laughs> uh, Super Bowl Cannibal Day. Um, Cannibal Super Tuesday. Cannibal Giving. Cannibals Giving. Yeah. Cannibal Amazon Prime Day. <laughs> you, ever see, you ever see Black Christmas? Yeah. That they're was they're remaking it, uh, which which I'm I'm house. excited about, because uh, that was yeah, it's a 1974 slasher movie, mm-hmm. um, and it didn't do well at the time that it came out. But the plan was to keep doing holidays for it, like they were going to do like Black Christmas and they were going to do like Black Easter, mm-hmm. Black you know whatever. You know that's actually so I'm f- thinking maybe they'll do that now if the remake does well, which I assume it will, because I feel like slasher movies. I don't know. Blumhouse Suppos- has had a pretty good record. I mean, supposedly Halloween the was so original huge. Black Christmas is a favorite of Steve Martin's, which I think is that's pretty of, random. It's a pretty really, random. really cool piece of Steve Martin trivia. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, I don't know. I always thought that was weird that like he would like a slasher movie, like a holiday themed mm-hmm. slasher movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. He gets a good kick out of it. Maybe he gets a kick. Steve Martin's allowed to like. Oh, no, he is allowed. He's I figure allowed. he'd like Deliverance. You know. Yeah. <laughs> He's a banjo guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, uh, we'll see what the the new Black Christmas. I saw the other remake, the the first remake, uh, years and years ago when I was like a kid. It was not very good. Yeah. I was not impressed. Mm. But that was like during the time when like when a Stranger Calls remake, you know, was happening and all that shit. Yeah, it was a dark time. A dark time in horror movie history. When a Stranger Calls. <laughs> Stay alive. Did you ever see that one? That's the video game run, right? Yeah, with Frankie Muniz. <laughs> I never saw that. I had no, no. Tra- it was one of those where, like, the that. game in the movie had graphics that were just too absurdly good and just never looked like a game. Really? Yeah, that was a problem with it. <laughs> or it was like, I, I wonder if watching it now, if it would look more like what games looked like, or if it would, it would just look dated. But I remember just like back then, like they do things in the game where it's like, oh, here's this mirror. It's like, oh, if you flip it around and look at the back. And I'm like, what fucking button are you pressing on the controller to flip it around and look on the back of the mirror? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Fucking video games, man. They were just figuring them out. Yeah, man. Written by non-gamers. Of course. Always. Uh, so what movie are we doing next? We're doing... Uh, Cellular, starring Chris Evans? <laughs> yes. I thought so. Um, no, we're saving that one for 50. Cannibal Breast Cancer Awareness Jesus. Month. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um. <coughs> Cannibal Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> 
Cannibal Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> Cannibal, Cannibal Labor Day. <laughs> Cannibal Dia de los Muertos. <laughs> um, we're going to do next, we're going to do Plot of Fear. Pl- plot of Fear, yes. Uh, Paulo Cavara. I believe he's, you think that you think that refers his, uh, to the black uh, belly of the the of the tarantula. Do you think the plot of fear refers to like a grave plot or like a story plot or like a murder plot? I think all of those things. Mm. Oh boy, it's a plot. You remember that movie Fear dot com? Yeah, I actually I feel like I watched that as a kid. I think I, I like it. I because like I used to do this thing when I was. Uh, younger with with cable was like i would put on a horror movie and it as soon as it was starting to get scary i'd flip to another channel <laughs> when i was a kid i was like oh ghost we're scary monsters oh no uh well yeah fear.com well, this, was a, fart. <laughs> this was a good podcast yes i think uh, we made it through and uh, as always are we done yeah i think we're done Welcome to the end of the podcast. Thank you to our sponsor, Chantix. And Cannibal uh, Cannibal Log Day. Log <laughs> Day? Log Day? That's not a thing. <laughs> Log Day is totally a thing. No, it's not. National Log Day. <laughs> National Log Day. National it's, Log Day. It's for Lincoln Logs. You appreciate logs. <laughs> All right. <laughs>